Deadbeat Scroll by Mark Coggins is slick, sardonic, and suspenseful. Everything a great thriller should be, says New York Times bestselling author Lee Child. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 11 Smashed Finger I had lost the scroll, or the manuscript, or whatever it was, but I still had the card for Finger Hut, the rare book dealer. I decided to pay him a visit. As I should have realized from the low street number and the address, his office was on the corner of Market and 3rd Street in the Hearst Building. Originally built by William Randolph Hearst of Citizen Kane Rosebud fame to house the offices of his newspaper, the building was now home to 13 stories of small businesses. I'd read somewhere that Julia Morgan, the architect who designed Hearst Castle, had also done the exterior entryway and the lobby. You could discern her handiwork in the crest with the capital letter H above the front entry, the bronze medallions with the fanciful unicorn-like animals above the door, and the heavy ornamentation of the lobby. I went up to the front desk to sign in. The guy behind the desk barely glanced at me as I put pen to paper, but when he saw the name of the tenant I was visiting, he said, You got any business with them, or are you one of those looky-loos? I set the pen down and straightened to face him. He was a big guy with a shaved head, and he had a yellow H like the one over the front entry, embroidered on his blazer. What's that supposed to mean? He gave me a dead stare and cleared his throat. Never mind. Okay, be that way, I said, and wandered over to the elevators. Fingerhut was on the fifth floor at number 530. He was in a small suite sandwiched next to a stairwell around the corner from the elevator bank. I hoped he was getting a discount because there had to be a lot of noise. I tried the door to the suite and found it locked, so I tapped lightly under Fingerhut's name in gold letters and waited. I heard a cough, a shuffling of feet, then the door pulled open a few inches and someone on the other side said, Who is it? What do you mean, who is it? A customer. The door retracted to the point where it was almost closed. You didn't call first. No, I didn't. Aren't you open to the public? Not really. Most of our sales are by appointment. I was beginning to notice a slight accent in the voice. Chicago devolving to West Coast, maybe. There was something about the way he pronounced his A's. Look, I'm here now and I want to talk about a manuscript. I won't bite. The door seemed to hover for a long moment, then slowly, ever so slowly, it pulled back. Standing behind it was a balding guy in his 50s. He wore a green cardigan sweater over a check shirt and had a thick pair of tortoiseshell glasses with a gray tint balanced on his nose. He was nearly as tall as I was, but he would have beat me by several inches if he didn't stoop. Hello, he said tentatively. I held out my hand and tried to look innocuous. Mr. Fingerhut, my name is Reardon, August Reardon. I'm not Fingerhut, he said, 
not taking my hand. I see. Is he on vacation? He turned without answering and walked to a table at the back of the office, where he eased himself into a chair. Eight-foot-high bookshelves towered around him, covering nearly all the wall space. Several other tables with display cases were positioned in front of the shelves, and two doorways, one to the left and another at the back, led into rooms full of still more books. The floor was covered in green linoleum tiles and tumbleweed-sized dust bunnies. Although it was bigger than I expected, the whole place felt gloomy and claustrophobic. Not knowing what else to do, I closed the door and came forward to stand by the desk. There was no customer chair. Are you Fingerhut's associate? No, his employee. What's going on? Why are you so jittery? He was murdered. Where? In the office? Yes, in the room behind me. As if on cue, a small dog with a gray muzzle limped out from the room. The man behind the desk saw me staring at it and turned to look himself. That's Bibi, he said, turning back to me. Tom's dog. He keeps wandering around the office hoping to find him. I've been taking care of him, but my wife doesn't like animals. I don't know what I'm going to do with him. Mr. Fingerhut didn't have any family? No. He lived alone. There's nothing sadder than a sad dog, and Bibi was pretty damn sad. I'm sorry. Was Fingerhut shot by any chance? Yes. Was it a small caliber weapon? He frowned. I don't know anything about guns. Do the police like anyone for the murder? Like is a funny way to put it. They have no suspects and no obvious motive. I take it there was no robbery. This isn't a business where you keep a lot of cash, and no books were taken. Did you discover the body? He hugged himself and shivered. Yes, the following morning. Why are you asking all these questions? Are you a reporter or something? Or something. I'm a private investigator. Are you investigating Tom's, the murder here? This is the first I've heard of it. I'm on another case that involves a manuscript. I didn't want to tell him about the business card, so I said, Is that something you would deal in? Manuscripts, I mean? He seemed to relax now that he was on familiar ground. Not exactly. It's rare to have a whole manuscript. Those are usually held with an author's papers at a museum or library. Occasionally, though, we'll get a few pages of a handwritten or typescript draft. We deal in letters of well-known authors or historical figures more often. For instance, we have a letter from Mark Twain in our current catalog. Do people ever bring material to you to have it appraised? Sure, all the time. Collectors hire us to appraise or reappraise established collections. Sometimes we appraise books or papers from an estate during probate. Do you keep a record of customers? For appraisals? Yeah, and in general. We keep a list of all our buyers, certainly. We mail quarterly catalogs to the serious collectors, and we send emails to the casual customers. We would have a record of any appraisal we did, but a customer like that wouldn't necessarily end up on our catalog list. Often they are lawyers or people who contact us after inheriting books or papers from a relative. 
Can you check a name against your customer list for me? He tilted his head and treated me to some side-eye. We don't normally share information about customers. Would it be someone with a manuscript who wanted it appraised? Theoretically, there's been no one like that in here for a long while. Ever, in fact, as far as I know. As I said, a whole manuscript from a collected author would be extremely rare. Most are already accounted for in big institutions. And would you know? I mean, Fingerhut couldn't have dealt with a customer himself? No, I may not initiate much business, but I end up touching every transaction, if only for the bookkeeping. I shifted my feet and tried to look deserving. Corinne White, can you just check if she appears in any of your records? I can't promise it, but it's just possible what I'm looking into has some bearing on the murder of your boss. For no reason I could tell, he toughened up. You sound just like the dolts who come in convinced they have a signed first edition of Joyce's Ulysses. It's too far-fetched. B.B. picked up on something in his voice. The old hound took a couple of doddering steps forward and barked at me. What's the harm? I insisted. I just need to know if she's there. No details, no specifics, just a yes or no. He sighed and reached across the desk for a laptop. He flipped open the lid and punched a few keys. She's not on her mailing list. He did some hunting and pecking on the touchpad, then made more clickety-clack noises. And she's not in our accounts receivable file. We've not had contact with her. There. Are you satisfied? Satisfied? No. But I will stop pestering you. He pulled off his glasses and looked at me through weak, myopic orbs. He seemed strangely deflated. Well, okay. If you do find anything that bears on Tom's murder, I'd appreciate hearing about it. Absolutely. I'll let you know, Mr. Bloom. Leo Bloom. Thanks. Beebe whined at me as I turned to go out the door. On Market Street, Away from the dusty catacomb of rare books, the city suddenly seemed vivid and bright. You have been listening to The Deadbeat Scroll, a book the New York Journal of Books described as a Glorious potpourri of violence, black humor, sex, and a hunt for a lost manuscript. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com.